The Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, sat down with his old co-star Danny DeVito, who recently played the devil in the FX cartoon Little Demon, to express his disdain for those who have a belief in heaven, explaining his own feelings that without any evidence, he believes to be true. The Good Fight Radio Show. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we are going to be looking at none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger and some of his comments concerning the afterlife and what he thinks we can truly know. So with me today to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Yeah, Chad, I think it's definitely warranted to talk about this because... Arnold uh, influenced millions of people, and this is all in the news right now. Uh, all the junk he's been saying and, and the man he's been saying it with has also influenced millions of people. Uh, and I think we need to say, okay, what is he saying? How is he influencing people? And what does God's Word say? And hmm, let's see, Arnold versus Jesus. Uh, yeah, Arnold is pretty tough when he was on steroids, that is. Next to Jesus, who created the entire universe, uh, I'm going to go with Jesus. Yeah, and I, I think when we look at this as well, um, we are looking at somebody that uh, it's very interesting. And I, and I think we just recently, uh, sadly enough, with the loss of your father-in-law, um, people, I guess, have a different reaction as they get older. Sometimes they look at the afterlife and they go, wait a second, I really do need to get right. And then some people get really angry. And when we read these comments from Arnold Schwarzenegger, there is nothing you can get other than this is an angry person when it comes to the afterlife and not really knowing answers. One, because I don't believe he's actually trying to look for him. He's looked at himself for these answers. And I think we're going to prove that when we look at some of the, I guess, I guess his sorted history. And yeah. Yeah. yeah and Chad, when you quote, before you quote those, which I yeah. think these are crazy quotes, man. Uh, I personally, when I looked at his lifestyle, I've seen him through the years. I've studied him a little bit in Hollywood's War on God. We deal with a little, one of his movies, uh, and there is definitely a war on God in Hollywood. He was a big Hollywood star. Uh, but when you look at him, I believe personally that the reason he doesn't want to believe in heaven is not because he doesn't want to go there, but because he knows exactly where he's going if it's true. And just like John, John Lennon, who admitted that he followed Crowley's philosophy, do what thou wilt. John Lennon put a picture of Aleister Crowley on a Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band and he sings the song, Imagine, and imagine there's no heaven. Well, he doesn't want there to be a heaven or hell below us, as the song says, because if there's a heaven, there's a hell, and he doesn't want to go there. And I think John Lennon knew better. Arnold might as well. We'll see. But I think it's obvious that when you look at his lifestyle, he doesn't want there to be an afterlife because he knows he has hell to pay. No, I think that is a really good point for people to hear because when it comes to Arnold, he attended Catholic Church with his ex-wife, Maria Shriver, uh, he claims to have went through catechism and all that stuff. And so he has some sort of background, it looks like. And I want to say this. We're not just finding a thing out of the hat and, and oh, we'll just pick on Arnold Schwarzenegger here. These are comments that he's making, blasphemous yeah. comments, by the way, actually mocking those who believe in an afterlife, even those who aren't Christians who believe in a heaven. Mocking heaven, which, is, by the way, the Antichrist, the book of Revelation, not that he's the Antichrist. He's <laughs> a little bit old for that, right? And he, I don't know if he even has that ability since he was from Austria. Well, Hitler went from Austria to Germany and did it, but nah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's kind of interesting when you think about it, though, because he is literally uh, 
you know, the Antichrist that says, well, blaspheme God in heaven and the sanct- heaven and, you know, the saints and so forth. And it's just that spirit. He's, it's the spirit yeah. of Antichrist. Yeah, as it says in First John chapter 2, we know that Antichrist, singular, is coming, coming. but many Antichrists had already entered into the world then, plural. Yeah. And so it is important to recognize this, and I want to say this as well. Um, we're doing this show, and I used to be, this is well before I was saved, the biggest Arnold fan you probably could have found when I was a young kid. Uh, when at my third birthday, we got a cake made that looked like Terminator 2 at a very, very young age. I don't want to say how old I am. No, I'm just kidding. I'm 35, and I believe it was my third birthday, and that was actually— Not his 30th, his third, third birthday. birthday. That picture was sent by my grandma to Arnold, and he wrote to me and had a signed thing, and so I became a huge fan of Arnold. Uh, we There was an artistic uh, rendering of Arnold that I kept in my room as well. I was a huge fan, saw all his movies. And so when I was 18 years old— Math. Uh, the math will lead you to see Arnold was the first person I actually voted for at 18 mm. for the governor of California. Now, that was long before— uh, He was a rhino, right? He, I, I realized he was a Republican, and at 18, I wasn't saved anyways. Right. Uh, I was just simply a Republican. I was not saved, and sadly enough, that was you know when I saw him going that route as well. Even before I came to Christ, I thought, what happened to this guy? Yeah. What, what, what is going on? And now to see this angst, and I want to read from these quotes, because now we're getting to see really the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaking. And we'll get into some of the other stuff that he was into, because uh, it seems that his lascivious lifestyle Mm. uh, has honestly kept God at an arm's distance from him. And anyway, as the Bible says, that your sin separates you from God. And that's been the truth of Mr. Schwarzenegger. And in the context... Of the interview, sat he sat down with Danny DeVito, as mentioned, who he has co-starred in a couple of different movies in. And when they were talking different questions, this is what he said. He laughs, and he said, quote, It reminds me of Howard Stern's question to me. Quote, Tell me, Governor, what happens to us when we die? I said, Nothing. You're six feet under. Anyone that tells you something else is a blinking liar. Danny DeVito said, You don't know? To which Schwarzenegger replied, we don't know what happens with the soul and all this spiritual stuff that I'm not an expert in, but I know that the body, as we see each other now, we will never see each other again like that. He knows that, huh? Wow. He knows it. And DeVito said, we deteriorate. To which Arnie said, except in some fantasy, when people talk about, I will see them again in heaven. It sounds so good, but the reality is that we won't see each other again after we're gone. That's the sad part. I know people feel comfortable with death, but I don't. DeVito said no, to which Arnold said, because I will blinking miss the blink out of everything. To sit here with you, that will one day be gone. No. And to have fun and to go to the gym and to pump up, to ride my bike on the beach, to travel around, to see interesting things all over the world. What the blink? DeVito said, life, it's the best. Exactly. What's that all about? Replied Arnie. DeVito, yeah, quote, I tell you, there's something that mixed up this whole thing. Think about it. Who can we blame? DeVito said, you mean that we don't live forever? Schwarzenegger replied, yeah, that we have to die. And then later he added, I don't know what the deal is, but in any case, it's a reality. And it truly blanks me off. Yeah. So, Joe, with all of that, I know it's a lot of quotations and so forth, but we have a guy clearly angry, looking for someone— 
to blame for this. And I think you might get from his tone, he we know exactly who he's trying to blame. Oh, yeah. Well, we know who we should blame, not just Arnold, all of us. We look in the mirror, and uh, the Bible says all of sin, and the wage of sin is death, and it's because of our sin. Although he's blaming someone, whoever's in control. And it's interesting, he's not saying, a, a pure atheist who is in a very good state of denial, because it says the atheist in Romans chapter 1 is suppressing the knowledge of God's truth, because the heavens declare the glory of God, Romans 19, and uh, Romans, I'm sorry, uh, Psalm 19, and Romans chapter 1, uh, it says basically the same thing, right? That people are without excuse because he's made known through his creation and so forth. And every painting has a painter, every building has a builder, but we have something infinitely more beautiful, infinitely more powerful, infinitely more complex as far as we can understand infinite. I mean, it's not infinite because God's infinite, but it's his creation. Uh, but in comparison, it seems infinite. And we're going to say that's a big accident with all the laws. And it's just ridiculous. But it's interesting, Chad, because uh, he's saying, he's basically saying, you know, who's to blame? Wait a minute. Who's to blame that we die? I thought you didn't believe in a God, right? Or an afterlife. And he's upset that he can't basically do what he wills and and have an afterlife, it seems. But he called Jesus a liar there because the one who's most famous for speaking about the afterlife is Jesus. He said, whoever says they know is a liar. Well, Jesus says of believers, he's prepared a place for us. Amen. Amen. Jesus said where the soul goes for believers and unbelievers, even the resurrection. He talked about there'll be a resurrection to life in uh, John 5, 28 and 29. He says, then shall, they shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good in the resurrection of life and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Uh, Jesus spelled out over and over and again, over and over again, where we'll go uh, when we die and we'll be in his presence and so forth for believers. So he's basically, I mean, with anger and using the, dropping an F-bomb on Jesus, and any others who would agree with Jesus uh, about the afterlife. So he's very, very anti-Christ. I know Ray Comfort. Well, not, well, I do know Ray Comfort. But I know that Ray Comfort had passed him a uh, track when he was coming out of store when he was with Shriver. And he just gave a cold no, you know. And Ray's like, you know, I should have been more warm when I because he was kind of shocked, you know. And uh, he gave it to him and he just gave him a strong no. Uh, but uh, he's been witnessed to. Ray said that uh, an 11-year-old... Uh, 11-year-old that was part of their entourage had shared the gospel with him. and It's probably been shared with him many times, but he says some things about Jesus, which we'll get into a little bit later, uh, which aren't, you know, as Lord, but something else. Yeah, and one of the things when I'm looking at this as well, and you mentioned he's calling Jesus a liar. I mean, man, I would be so frustrated. And I remember Carl Lentz, and a lot of people he's been exposed and so forth. But I remember him taking a picture that went viral with Justin Bieber and it had the lyrics from the song Imagine. And you already mentioned it as well. And you have Christians singing yeah, that. Amazing. Christians, people say they love Jesus that are saying, you know, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. And singing that and meditating on it. By the way, tell me that's not uh, just clearly against Psalm chapter one. Yeah. But you have him, as you as you mentioned, you're calling Jesus a liar. And that's one thing I, I want to encourage you guys as well. When you're witnessing to someone Always get it back to Jesus. What are you going to do with Jesus? Absolutely. You can come and ask me about dinosaurs and do your nonsense, but what are you going to do with the person of Jesus? I do believe in dinosaurs. I want to throw that out. There's just a recent uh, engagement I had in sharing the gospel uh, when we were up at our men's retreat recently. And it's one of those things. What are you going to do with Jesus? Because he said all the things, as Joe said, about the afterlife. And who am I going to believe? Somebody who predicted, who told his disciples, I'm going to die 
and I am going to rise again. And then his disciples, who were tough fishermen willing to cut off the ears of soldiers, and yet after he dies, go running away scared to the point where Peter, when a little girl comes up to him, literally fakes like he doesn't know Jesus by cussing up a storm and saying, I don't know who that is. And they go, oh, wait, never mind. We know by your language that you aren't with, you were never with the Nazarene Jesus. And so we see that taking place to then all of a sudden them getting bold as lions, dying, crucified upside down, being thrown off the pinnacles of temples, all of the things that happened, skinned alive, all these accounts of what happened to the disciples. And they all lived knowing whether or not. It's one thing to say, hey, and, you know, I'm a Muslim. I'm going to go die because I maybe I'll get 72 virgins because I believe something. It is entirely different for them to know whether or not Jesus walked on water, whether or not Jesus rose the dead, whether or not Jesus truly rose from the dead. And what happened in those three days that made them go from cowards? That's what they were. That's right. All of them left him shaking in their to sandals, bold as lions. What made them do that? The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the very thing that Paul said in opposite, in the very opposite of what Arnold Schwarzenegger is saying here, said, guess what? This happened and we can know there's an afterlife because Jesus rose from the grave. Absolutely. We have, uh, you and I were both big time skeptics. We were both anti-Christ, anti-God. I was a agnostic slash atheist somewhere in between. And uh, God convinced me because I saw the powers of darkness were real. I'm like, uh-oh, you know, Ephesians 5.11 says expose them. Well, God was letting me know they're real. And I woke up and I said, okay, if there's a Satan, there's definitely a God. And he delivered me when I cried out to him. But all the evidence, Chad, the prophetic evidence, we just did a show a couple weeks ago. If you haven't seen it on Israel and how they would cease to be a nation after they rejected their Messiah, they'd be scattered throughout the world like nobody ever had been, but they'd be brought back like nobody ever had been. No one's been ceased to be a nation for hundreds of years. And then them almost 2,000 years and brought back. And all these different prophecies went through but Chad, just the fact, the reality of a creator is just so mind-blowing. Uh, Anthony Flew. Anthony Flew was the top atheist in the world for about 30 years. He was the top debater, debated the top Christian apologists and so forth. And he got worn down after time. And don't say too much about him because there's so much interesting stuff there. But he wrote a book, There Is a God. And how the subtitle was How the World's Most uh, Notorious Atheist Changed His Mind. You know, and he said he changed his mind because the evidence was overwhelming because now we can look at the DNA. We can see how sophisticated it is. And he says, quote, we have all the evidence we need in our immediate experience and that only a deliberate refusal to look is responsible for atheism of any variety. This is a hardcore atheist who turned many to atheism saying, you know what? You basically have to stick your head in the sand to be an atheist now because the intricacy of what's designed is too complex how it functions together and so forth. So I think that's interesting. And Chad, just recently, you, I, man, the news was j- just came out because the top atheist today is Richard Dawkins, who <laughs> makes the stupidest and most unscientific statements ever when he says that everything was made from literally nothing. Just well, preceded by us. Something era. can come from nothing, yeah. and that's what physicists are now, are now telling us. Nothing is what we say rocks dream about, you know? Rocks dream about nothing right? It just doesn't exist. So it has no causality. But he says everything was made by literally nothing. And then he goes on to admit that he'd sound like a madman if he tried to prove such a thing, you know, explain such a thing. So it's interesting when you you see that, Chad, but his right-hand man, this is in the news just this last couple weeks or so, his right-hand man, who's produced a number of Dawkins videos for him, documentaries, I should say, he came out and he called Ray Comfort up and he said, hey, I've turned to Jesus Christ. I, I believe the evidence is there for God and not just him, but Jesus is God. I, I come to him. So we're excited about that. 
atheist, he knew deep down, I, I can't wait to hear this guy's testimony, but the evidence is overwhelming. But you know what? A lot of guys don't want to face the evidence because they're doing like Arnold, committing adultery and, and pushing marijuana on kids through the years uh, and perpetuating himself as his own God. No, and one of the things I think about as well when it comes to Arnold himself, because I love lifting weights, and I watched Pumping Iron. I watched him smoke weed and Pumping Iron and all of that. Praise God I didn't go down that path, but one of the things I did is I've tried to, okay, how does he work out? How, I mean, they, really, it isn't, you, you guys have to realize how, even to this day, when I talk to people that are into bodybuilding, they always point back to Arnold's physique of old, like, that is the one that everyone's like, man. And there's the classic physique. Chris Bumstead is like the new champion today in, in bodybuilding. And and these guys are, you want to mimic what they're doing. And so that's why we want to speak to this because people do get persuaded by their idols because that's what yeah. a lot of times these guys that's are. That's why it's a huge issue. I mean, he's one of the biggest, the Terminator. I mean, he was the biggest action hero in movies for a number of years. A hundred percent, which is why yeah, became I governor, believe. had aspirations for president. Sadly, one of those happen. one of those 4.2 million votes I believe he got was sadly one of mine. Uh, <laughs> but but I look at it as as well, Joe, when, when you think about it, because he was the biggest action hero, Terminator 1, Terminator 2 at the time. And then he comes out with this weird movie in 1994, right at the height of him. You know, he started with Hercules in New York, coming from being Mr. Olympia, you know, obviously pumping iron, and then you get the Terminators and Conan and all these, like, manly films. And then all of a sudden he does another movie, which was the second movie he did with Danny DeVito. The first one being Twins. And the second one, Joe, is him. Talk about some cognitive dissonance here. Mr. Olympia getting pregnant. That's a movie. This isn't a movie that's happening right now as Leah Thomas, so to speak, which is actually a man, is winning, going against women in swimming competitions and so forth. This is back in 1994. It just started, I, I really think, helps to start the push for this nonsense. Yeah, and something we've, uh, if you've been at our channel any time long, we give the goods, man. There's a lot of evidence. We show the trajectory. We're able to document trends and so forth and how they they fit Scripture and, and how they prophetically are, are mentioned in Scripture. And the Scriptures warn, as many of you have heard us quote the Scriptures, that the destruction of the family would come in the end of days. And by the way, that's the name of one of his movies. We'll get which we'll actually and, get to that uh, a little bit. Pattern but, of his lifestyle, by the way. Yeah, that's right. And uh, <laughs> that that wasn't an intended pun. But in the last days or end times or end of days, the scriptures say, you know, uh, men will not have na- be without natural affection, without found love, all that stuff, right? And we're not going to get into that right now because we've got to cover some more on Arnold. But it's really interesting when you see the trends because I've been able to document and show that throughout history, uh, even with the shamans. And it, when you study shamanism and the ancient, those opening themselves up to demons through drugs and various things, uh, a lot of times, even though the villages, they'll reject, they'll, they'll be taboos against, you know, uh, transgenderism, homosexuality. The shaman, because he's the spiritual witch doctor or the voodoo priest or the sorcerer, uh, would oftentimes take a little boy for a sex partner, would often dress up like a woman because they would develop very strange, demonic, perverse fetishes and then they could influence the tribe as those those things were actually transcendent and actually good, you know, kind of like the X-Men, you know. And the guy that did directed a lot of the X-Men stuff, well, he said that's analogous to homosexuality. That these are like superpowers in a way. Uh, what's interesting when you think about it, because our, our stars, our rock stars, you know, whether it's in the 50s with Little Richard, right, uh, dressing like a woman, the 60s uh, and the 70s, David Bowie, all the way back to, you know, Mick Jagger. And many of these guys would just dress up like women, 
Even Robert Plant would come off very womanish from Led Zeppelin. And many of these guys, you know, looks like a woman, right? You know, uh, Steven Tyler, who was also in a Crowleyan magic, by the way, as well, and credited his musical success to Crowley's uh, satanic magic. So it's interesting. These guys have been pushing a, uh, this has been ingrained where the stars, like the shamans of old, Jim Morrison, you know, I'm, he was called the electric shaman. He possessed, they've perpetuated a spirit of, of transgenderism, transsexualism, homosexuality on the youth for ages. Well, guess what? If it's a spiritual war, which it is, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, which we don't, but against spiritual principalities and powers and the rulers, as the Bible says, of darkness in this spiritual world, and their perpetuated message to make us more and more ungodly, why not take the top superhero, you know, the top, I should say, not superhero, but action hero, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and put a dress on him. And by the way, it wasn't just putting a dress on him and getting him and him claiming to be pregnant. And all of a sudden, people let their guard down. Was, you know, it's, it's you know, they're basically conditioning the masses. And it's interesting, Chad, when we think about this because he actually said, because the baby is basically felt like part of my body. Therefore, he said, I can understand why women are for abortion because really the baby's part of your body. Then he used it to push that agenda to kill babies. And then he also said, you know what? He kind of liked wearing a dress. In fact, I have a quote from him. He says, I was looking forward to it, to playing the part, wearing a dress. That's one of the good things about being in the movies. You can do things you wouldn't be allowed to do otherwise. I don't think I look too bad either. So he's saying, you know what? I've always, well, he probably, you know, based on this, maybe in private, he wears a dress. I don't know. You know, but he's saying he's, that's his heart and he got to get away with it because it's something he really liked to do or wanted to do. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, there's a, that's some weird stuff going on there. And he's playing with Danny DeVito, man. And uh, the, uh, he's being interviewed in this interview you're quoting from, mm-hmm. Chad, by DeVito. And DeVito, man, he, he, he just, he plays Satan in Little Demon, a cartoon for kids uh, and young kids, but all kinds of little kids were watching it. And it's perpetuating uh, just, I mean, he's basically talking about and going gleefully about and talks about making, ba- sacrificing babies. Well, it's happened in mass through the years our country through abortion. But uh, DeVito said, with regard to the part Satan, he said, it's a part that I was born to play, you know? The way you approach doing a movie or anything, you're still doing a character. In my case, I, I'm doing Satan, which is like <laughs> something that I was born to play. And then- so you got these guys teaming up with you, and he believes he's born to play Satan, man. You can identify with Satan, it seems, right? Well, you look at their deal, and Arnold just brings this up out of nowhere. DeVito didn't actually bring this up. He says, well... That's what I said to Howard Stern. What does that have to do with Lake Mead? You know, because he has an agenda and these guys have an agenda. It's interesting. Aubrey Plaza, who plays the wife of Satan, who impregnates and has the Antichrist and the Antichrist is a 13-year-old girl or so. uh, She said that she loved playing a Wiccan witch. You know why? She says on camera, we have this from her. We've captured it. I love uh, that we are normalizing paganism. Normalizing paganism. It's Satanism. That's what's going on here. I love that you brought that out because I think it is important for people to understand, especially when you're looking at Danny DeVito and this, where on earth did this angst come from when it comes to Arnold? And so when we're looking at it and we're seeing all of, because, and to me, that's just angry. He's angry at him dying, him getting older. He's looking back probably at his old life. And sadly, he has led a sordid lifestyle. I mean, when it comes 1969 to 1974, he dated a woman named Barbara, was not faithful to her, started another relationship with a hairdresser named Sue Murray, 
who also he was not faithful to, who he also started a relationship with Maria Shriver, who would eventually be his wife of 25 years, and was given an ultimatum by his current girlfriend because they lived a open relationship when they were out of town. And then you have a whole situation where he fathers a love child with someone working at his home. I mean, uh, it's just incredible. And here is what Barbara uh, Outland Baker which was his first girlfriend had to say about him. And I think it will lend itself to exactly why we are here and why he's getting so angry talking about heaven. It says that, quote, he was insufferable, classically conceited, and the world revolved around him. I guess that leaves no space for the creator. Yeah, so he played in six days, and six days of, you know, they have create, you know, man was created, and it's about cloning, and, and there's picketers, and they're like very anti, they're like, they're like Christians and so forth, saying cloning is wrong. And he and they say, you know, and he, he disagrees with them. And it's like, you know, why did God kill my dog? Because he's his dog cloned, right? And he's really kind of against cloning the humans. But then also he warms up to it and so forth. And uh, but then later he's asked about cloning. He says he believes in it. And he talks about, well, what about those who disagree with it? He says they're religious fanatics. Then he plays an end of days and he's the Christ figure. He's even up on a cross being crucified with a mock crucifixion, I should say. His initials are uh, are Jericho Cain, J.C., and then at the end, to, to defeat the enemy and save the world, uh, uh, he, he sacrificed himself by landing on a big sword, and he sacrificed himself to save the world. He has this, this complex, and I have a quote from him, Chad, where this guy, I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, where he very much seems to want to be like Jesus. He says, I was always dreaming about being very, uh, very powerful people, dictators, and things like that. Well, I'm gonna, I have a couple of quotes where he... Dreaming about, he dreamed about Hitler, or he loved Hitler, okay? I was always dreaming about very powerful people, dictators and things like that. I was always impressed by people who could be remembered for hundreds of years, even like Jesus, being remembered for thousands of years. So he's not, he's not, Jesus, man, he, he's so awesome. He gave himself to save me. No, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be remembered for thousands of years. That's how come he got into politics. But New York Times came out with this, and the Fox News reported on this uh, in 1975 when he did Pumping Iron, there were tapes that were never released. And let me quote some of those quotations. ABC News, this is from Fox News way back in the day. ABC News obtained a copy of an unpublished book proposal with quotes from a verbatim transcript of an interview Schwarzenegger gave in 1975 while making the film Pumping Iron. He was asked about one of his heroes. He answered, quote, I admired Hitler, for instance, because he came from being a little man after almost no formal education, up to power. I admired him for being such a good public speaker and for what he did with it. He is quoted as saying, like, Hitler in the Nuremberg Stadium, he says, and have he had all those people that would scream at you and just being total agreement with whatever you say. And think about what he's saying there. It's just so disgusting. And Butler, who wanted to propose a book for him to do based on that, he says, quote, he was a, quote, flagrant outspoken admirer of Hitler. He said he played, quote, Nazi marching songs from long playing records in his collection at home and, quote, would frequently click his heels and pretend to be an SS officer. Now, it's interesting. He later says, well, uh, it's being taken out of context, you know. And then people have come out and said, well, yeah, he loved Hitler, but then, you know, then he kind of switched to Kennedy being his hero more and so forth. But it's interesting because uh, Fox News made the point that, well, he has all the tapes, you know, uh, he has the tapes that quote, the quote, they are in the actor's possession, quote, unquote. So he could have come out and said, this is what I really said. But he must have said some really funny things of Hitler. So when you have people not loving Jesus and calling Jesus a blanking liar because he's living a wicked lifestyle and doesn't want to face him in judgment, 
and loving guys like Hitler in the past, come on now, we'll choose Christ. You should too. Amen. God bless you guys. You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.